Welcome to New Communion Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good morning, NCC. Um, Man, it's so good to be here. So good to have you guys here this morning. If it's your First or second time, let me just start by introducing myself. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church, and we're so glad that you've joined us this morning, that you're worshiping here with us. Um, I'm excited to be here. I've been gone the past two weeks, and so it is good to be back and to see all of your guys' faces and get to worship with you this morning. The first week, um, I was sick. Our family was sick. We were passing around the flu, and then last week, we were in Colorado, and Sarah's oldest sister, Stacy was getting married, and so I had the chance to perform that ceremony, and so it was good to be with family. But we are excited to be back and to be here this morning worshiping together, yes. And we're in this series called The Stories Jesus Told. We've been spending the past few weeks talking about these stories that Jesus shared and the meaning that they have for us. We all love a good story. It compels us. It inspires us. And Jesus told these stories that really impacted people right where they were at. They were We're told in a way that people could understand that we're about their everyday life, but they had spiritual implications into each and every person that heard them. And so they still have meaning for us even over 2,000 years later. And so we've been looking at these different stories. Last week, um, if you missed it, you missed out because we had our family service. And so the kids were in here. They took over service. It was a great time. You can see they had a whole lot of fun. And we talked about the story of building our life on something solid. Not on sand, but a rock foundation on Jesus being the center of our life and the impact of that. And so we had a great time together um, worshiping together as the family. And so we've looked at a number of different stories. Today is the last story that we're going to look at together. And we want to look at this story where Jesus tells of a great feast that is thrown, this great celebration, um, and people are invited to that. And as we've been looking at these stories, I also want to remind you before we jump into the passage today that we've been reading through the life of Jesus together. So I hope you've been doing that with this church. Every day we've been opening up the Gospels, the four Gospels, and we've been reading through. And if you haven't done that, you can jump in. We've got the last few days this week. Today we're reading Matthew 28. So we're finishing up the Gospel of Matthew, and we're continuing in the book of Mark, Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 11. And so jump in with us. We're reading through the life of Jesus and reading his story, and we're going to end as we're moving forward towards Easter. And so you can jump in with us in, um, in that Bible reading plan. We have copies in the back of that. And so today's message, I'm titling, God's Throwing a Party and You're Invited. God's Throwing a Party and You're Invited. I mean, that's amazing. I don't know about you, but I love being invited to parties. I love being invited to celebrations. And and man, if you invite me over for dinner or for lunch, I'm going to be there because I love good food, okay? So, So that's this idea. Jesus tells this story. And as I was reading through this story a few times this week, I thought about something that happened in my life a number of years ago. Um, I was a pastor at a different church, and I was over all of their community outreach and community engagement things. And we had a lot of partnerships in the city with nonprofits and with the city government and did a lot of things to really try to help out the city. And so one day um, when I got into the church, there was this invitation sitting on my desk. Like I said, I love being invited to things. So I opened it up and it said, hey, you're our special guest. We want to invite you with a group of other people to come and to talk about how we can continue to improve the city and in the county. And so I talked to my assistant and I said, hey, schedule us. Um, all three of us that worked in my area, I said, we'll go. Me and um, one of my good friends, Dustin, and my assistant, Amy, I was like, we'll all go. And so 
We got ready. The day came. I was super pumped to go. And it was at this really nice ballroom um, there in the city where we were serving at. So we pull up. And as I start to get out of the car, I notice something. People are going in the building. But it seems a little bit odd. It's all ladies. And I really don't think much about it. And so I go in. And I'm trying to, in my mind to look at the invitation again to think what it looked like. It was pink and there were a lot of flowers. Didn't really click in my mind. And I walk into this room filled with women. And it said, women in community engagement. And all of a sudden, everyone turns and looks at me. And I'm standing there, Dustin's standing there, and we're the only guys in the room. And everyone's looking at us. And quickly, no one comes up and greets us. No one says anything. I just turned to Dustin and Amy, and I was like, hey, we don't belong here, okay? I don't think this was for us. Um, And I felt kind of awkward. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you've been invited to something, and then all of a sudden you realize maybe it wasn't for you. But the amazing thing about this story that Jesus tells is that everyone's invited. God's throwing a party. He's throwing this celebration. He's inviting us in to what he is doing, and each and every one of us belong there. We have a place at the table where Jesus is inviting us into. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 14. We're going to start reading at verse 15. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. There should be a Bible in the seat in front of you, or it may be one or two seats over, and it's on page 567 in the Bible in the seat in front of you. And Jesus is actually at a party. He's at this dinner celebration with all of these people around him. And as he's there, they ask him to tell some stories and to do some teachings. Everyone is listening to what Jesus has to say. And so this is what happens. We pick up the story in Luke chapter 14, verse 15, and this is what it says. When one of those who reclined at the table with Jesus heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But Jesus said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many people. And at the time of the banquet, he sent to his servants and he said to them, hey, go out and invite everyone who's supposed to come in. Tell them, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen. And I need to go examine them. Please have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came back and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and he said to his servants, go out quickly to the streets and to the lanes and bring in the poor and the cripple and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you have commanded has been done and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in. Compel people to come in that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste any of my banquet. So Jesus is telling this story. He's there talking. There's this group of people. They're all sitting around eating. And someone shouts out, hey, blessed is everyone who's going to eat bread, who's going to be at the table in the kingdom of God, who's a part of the celebration or the party that God is throwing. And Jesus responds with this story, this story about a festival, about a party that is being thrown in. Many people are invited and some people make excuses. And then the master, the host of this party goes out and says, hey, I want my house to be filled. So what's going on in this story? Well, in this story, there's a couple of symbolisms that are going on, and it probably doesn't take a lot. You don't have to know a lot about the Bible to understand that Jesus is talking in the master of the party, the host 
of the party, it's God. God is throwing this celebration. God wants us to be a part of his kingdom and what he is doing, and he has invited us in to this great banquet. The great banquet, it's the kingdom of heaven. It's the kingdom of God. It's what God is doing here on this earth, and the invitation is to each and to every one of us to come and to be a part of that. The first people that are invited, it's the people of God, the chosen people, the people that are Jewish, Abraham's descendants, and and Jesus came to bring salvation first off to them. And in this story, Jesus, with sit, sitting in a table with a lot of Jewish people, is saying, he's saying, hey, a lot of these, a lot of people that were chosen by God, they're making excuses why they're not entering into God's kingdom. And for all of us, we're what the Jewish people would call Gentiles. Now, if you don't know what that means, that just means you weren't a natural descendant of Abraham. And they thought we were on the outside of the kingdom of God, that we were people that were distant from God. And in this story, Jesus is using this illustration to say, no, I'm filling up my house with everyone, with whoever will come. Everyone's invited. Just bring them, compel them to come in because I want my house to be full. Now, when you hear this story, when you see Jesus talking and you read through this passage, you could read this and think, well, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, what God's inviting us into, that's, that's heaven, right? Like it's this place that's somewhere out there in the distant future. It's at some point whenever you die, whenever you're buried, that that's when you'll enter into God's kingdom. That's when you'll be a part of this celebration and this party that Jesus is throwing. But that's not the way Jesus talks about the kingdom of God. See, as we've been reading through the Gospels together as a church, you've read passages. I've read passages where Jesus is saying, no, the kingdom of heaven, it's near to you. It's not somewhere out there in the future. It's not just when you die. It's not someplace you go whenever they put you in a coffin. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, it's near to you right now. So this invitation that Jesus is talking about, it's not just for at the end of time. It's right now in your everyday life. God is inviting himself in. He's inviting you into his presence. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to have a relationship with you, not just after you've lived this life, but right now in this present life, he's inviting you to come in and to be a part of what he is doing. He wants you to be close to him, church. He wants you to be a part of what he's doing. And so Jesus gives this story. Now, there's people in this story that miss out on the invitation that Jesus or that God is presenting in this story. And I want us to look at a few of the excuses that they make and what causes them to miss out and then what's the compelling factor in this story. So let's look at this. Jesus is telling this story and the first excuse that he gives after everything's ready, the banquet's prepared, and he invites people in. The first person responds with this. I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And likewise, the next person said, I bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to go examine them. Please have me excused. These two excuses, they're very similar. Something's happened. These people are missing out on the invitation, and we, likewise, we miss out on God's invitation for him to be a part of our lives, for us to join in on what he's doing. We miss out if our passion is for our possessions. We miss out if our passion is for our possessions, for the things that we have. Look at the excuses these two men make. They, they've both bought something. They've bought a field. They've bought some yoke of oxen. And they're saying, you know what? This is really priority right now. What, what I've just purchased, these things that I have in my life, I can't make time for this invitation. I can't make time for this party because I have these other things that I'm focused in on. 
Now, none of us would probably go into prayer or come into a church service or come before God and say, you know what, God, really the things that I own are more important than spending time with you. But if we're not careful, church, maybe not through our words, but through our actions, we will live that out in our everyday life. We'll make something else our passion. We'll make something else the priority in our life. The things that we have, the things that we're working for, we'll set them up as the example of where all of our focus, where all of our attention goes to, and we miss the invitation of God's Spirit to come in and to spend time with Him because we're too busy pursuing other things in our life. So we have to be careful. We'll miss out on the celebration that God is throwing if we don't do this. I started to think about this. What's going on? This man just bought a field. Many of you know, I think I've mentioned it before, Sarah and I were in the process of buying a house. It has been a long process. I've shared this with some of you guys. We started last May, and we were given a couple of deadlines, and it looks like we're just a few days away from it now. But we're at the house almost all the time, like almost every day we're over there. We're seeing what progress has been made. We've met some of our neighbors. We know some of the people surrounding that. We go there all the time. We've gone in before they laid the carpets and the wood floors. We wrote scriptures. We've prayed over that house. We're over there at the house a lot. So what person buys a field or buys some property without first checking it out? Who would do that? I mean, how many of you guys, you've purchased a car off of Craigslist or at a, dealer, at a dealership without first taking it for a test drive, right? You, know, you would never do that. You would first examine it, but these excuses that these two people give, well, I have to go check in on it. I have to go see it. I have, I've already bought it, but now I have to go examine it. No, there's a priority in their life. Hey, something else is more important than what you're inviting me into. And if we're not careful, church, we live our life in that similar way. We live in that similar fashion. It reminded me of the story in Mark chapter 10 where there was a rich young man who came to Jesus and he said, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And this person, he had a lot of wealth. He had a lot of possessions. And Jesus said, you know the Ten Commandments. And this guy, he says, hey, I've done all of those things. And Jesus said, one thing you lack. Go sell all that you have. Give it to the poor and then come and follow me. And the scripture says that this man hung his head in shame because he had many possessions. And as I think about these excuses, as I think about that young man, I really think, you know what? It wasn't just that he had a lot of stuff. It's that a lot of things had him. His possessions begin to possess him. And if we're not careful, once again, not through our words, not through what we would say, but through our actions, we'll allow things to crowd out the priority of God in our life. We'll allow other things to creep in and we'll become more passionate about what we have and about keeping up with everyone else and what we can gain and how nice our car is and how nice a house that we have. All of these things, the want for things in our life, maybe what we don't currently have, but what we want, more possessions and more things, will pretty soon creep in and we'll miss out on God's invitation, church. We'll miss out on what God is inviting us into. So what does this mean in your life? What does this mean in my life? See, it means that God isn't a priority if I just give him Sunday morning. He wants every part of my life. So that means I make prayer a priority that I spend time talking with him. He's inviting me into his presence. He wants to spend time. This was a relationship. This man wanted those people there, and God wants us in his life. He wants to be present there with him. And so I don't allow work. I don't allow other things to crowd out my prayer time. 
I make it a priority to open God's word. He's written a letter to his church. He wants to talk to us. He wants to communicate to us through his word. And so I make that a priority in my life. When I go to work, when you go into that classroom as a teacher, when you go into your job, wherever you're at, whenever you walk into that place, it's not about you building your reputation. It's not about you moving up the corporate ladder, you getting in a new position. It's about God building his kingdom in your life, right where you're at, in that classroom, in that place of employment, in your neighborhood. It's about God building his kingdom inside of you. See, church, we have to be careful that our passion doesn't become about the things that we can possess, but it's to be close to God. And if we don't, we miss out on his invitation. We miss out on what he's asking of us. The second excuse that's given, another said in verse 20, it says this, Another said, you know what, I've just married a wife and therefore I cannot come. I've just married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Now, this seems like a legitimate excuse, okay? Doesn't it? I mean, if you've ever been married, you remember just being newlyweds, how in love you are. There, there's a lot of things there that are going on. And he says, you know what, I'm really too busy to come. I'm too busy to make it a priority in my life. This, this is a real thing. I've just gotten married and I need to go spend time with my wife. I just, as I mentioned, had the privilege of performing this beautiful ceremony on, um, in Colorado last weekend, last Saturday, and we're outside, and it was so amazing. I've known Sarah's sister for the past probably 18 years now, um, and God has done so much in her life. When we knew Stacy, she was, when I first met her, dealing with addictions, dealing with all of these things, had all of these issues, was so far away from God. If you would have told me that God could get a hold of her and change her, I probably would have questioned that. Man, there was just so much in her life. And now, 18 years later, to see her walk down the aisle to commit her life to this man of God, her church family around her, she sings on the worship team. I mean, this is a special day, marriage. And I told her that, um, I told him that, hey, this is a new chapter in your life. This is a new thing. And so, man, marriage, it is, it's an important thing. But the danger is when we don't place the importance on first things being first. See, we miss out if we don't make first things first inside of our life. So even while this is a good excuse, it's not a good excuse to miss out on God's kingdom, on what it is. And this is the illustration that Jesus is giving. See, I want to tell you this, and it may seem counterintuitive, but your family member, your husband, your wife, your kids, they should not be the top priority in your life. See, that's the place that only Jesus should place in your life. See, Jesus should be at the center. That's what we talked about last week. If you were here, building your life on a firm foundation, on something that's solid, that's Jesus. It can't just be your family. It can't just be the relationships you have or the people that you love. All of that will eventually pass away. It'll crumble if it's not built on the solid foundation of who God is. So every wedding ceremony that I do, I look at the bride, I look at the groom, and I remind them, Jesus has to be the center of this relationship. Church, you have to make first things first inside of your life. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. First seek God's presence. First seek after God. First invite him into your life. Ask him how it is that you should be living, and then everything else will begin to fall into place. God will take care of the other things inside of your life. Church, are you making him first? 
Or is something else crept in? Is something else causing you to miss the invitation that God is inviting you into his plans, into his story, into what he's doing, and you're allowing something else to take center place in your life instead of him? You know, Sarah and I, we talk about this a lot. And I challenge her, Sarah, I don't want to be the person that you love the most in your life. She says that to me, Aaron, I want to know that you love Jesus more than you love me. And you're going to follow him more than just making me happy, more than just doing what I want. Aaron, I want to know that Jesus is the priority in your life. And I'm here to tell you, husband, wife, parent, grandparents, aunts, uncles, that your family members around you, they need to see you living out this example that Jesus is the first in your life. If not, you're going to miss his invitation. You're going to miss when he calls you, when he invites you in, if you've allowed something else to become first in your life. So what's the priority, church? Are you listening to his voice? Are you making him um, that first place in your life? Are you setting that example for those around you? Do they see you reading the Bible? Do they see you praying? Are you challenging them on hearing God's voice? Do they see that God is first in your life? Because if we don't, we're going to be like these people, other things are going to come up. It's going to become easy to make excuses in our life. I have work, I have family, I have other things, and we're going to miss out on God's calling. Hey, come and spend time with me. Come and be with me. I'm throwing a party, and I want you to be a part of it. We miss it if we allow other things to become the priority in our life. He goes on to end the story like this. Go out quickly to the streets and to the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the cripple and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, we've done what you've commanded. It's been done, and still there is room. And so the master said to the servant, go to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. What's taking place here? Jesus is commanding them, never stop compelling them to come in. Never stop compelling people to come and to be a part of what Jesus is doing, to be a part of the celebration and the party that he's throwing. He's saying, hey, it's open to everyone. Everyone's invited. You can come in. You can be a part of what it is that I'm doing. Now, let me stop and say this here. That word compel does not mean force someone, okay? It's not going, putting someone at gunpoint to repent or to believe in Jesus. That's not what we do, okay? But it's this deep desire, the word, as I was studying this, it's this urgency in your life. Church, do you have this urgency that other people would know, that other people would experience what you have found in Jesus? That you wouldn't just keep it for yourself, that you wouldn't just say, hey, I have my place at the table. Hey, I've made it in, I'm going into heaven. But there would be this deep desire inside of you, this thing that you couldn't get away from, this urgency, this calling to say, it's not just for me though. Everyone's invited in, God's throwing a party and you're invited, you're invited to come and to participate. And the compelling thing as we look at this, what motivates us is, church, we don't deserve to be here. We weren't first on the invitation list. You can't pray enough. You can't read your Bible enough. You can't do enough things to earn your way into God's grace, to earn your way into God's favor. It's simply that he opened the doors to everyone. He said, hey, I'm making the way that whoever will come in can now have a place at the table, that my grace will cover them. My righteousness will cover them. It's not that you can earn it or do enough on your own. It's simply that the host of the party says, Everyone's invited. You have a place at the table. 
I'm calling you to come in. And so church, we don't deserve to be here, but the beauty of this story is that we've been invited. And because of that, we should be compelled Everyone that we come in contact with, everyone that we talk to, your coworker, your family member, your neighbor, those people around you, those people in your classroom at school, all of those people, you should be compelled to say, God, I want them to come in, Lord. I want them to experience your grace. I want them to experience your love, Lord. I know I don't deserve to be here, Lord, but God, I'm so thankful that your grace has allowed me a place at the table, and now I want everyone else to experience this. See, he said it's not enough just to bring in a few. Not just the poor, not just the lame. No, go back out again and get more. Go back out again and get more. I want my house to be filled. I want to see this place filled up. I want more and more people to come and experience my love and my grace. Church, we should have that same heart as the host of the party to say, it's not enough, Lord. We want to see more and more people come to know you. We want more and more people to experience the change and transformation that we've experienced. And so that should be our prayer. That should be what motivates us. That should be our desire that God is using us to do that. Church, we have a tremendous opportunity this next week to do that, to invite people. We've been challenging you. Some of you, you may have already done it. We've been praying over these Easter baskets. So we have, we've been giving them out. We're going to deliver ours this week to invite people to say, hey, we want you to come. We know some families who are far away from God, and we want them to be at the table with us. Church, if you haven't done that, I want to challenge you. You can get some of those at the back. I want to challenge you this week that you get some more of these invite cards. When you're at a restaurant this week with your coworker to your neighbor that you begin to hand these out. We have the yard signs. We have the posters. We have all of these things. We're trying to resource all the ways that we can as a church to get more and more people in this place next week so that God can change, so that God can transform them. You guys may have seen that. We did the Facebook video, and I looked this morning. Almost 3,000 people have watched it. We're inviting those all around Mesquite to say, hey, come experience God. We're praying, church. I want you to pray with us that this house would be filled next week, that this place would be filled. We're believing for over 850 people in this room next week that some of them are gonna hear the gospel story. They're gonna hear the message of Jesus for the first time. Some people that have walked away and made other things a priority in their life, God is gonna speak to them next week. And you and I, we have a chance to invite them. We have a chance to participate in that. What Jesus ends this story with, go out and compel them to come in. This week, that's the challenge to you. That's the challenge to me. God, use us everywhere that we go, everywhere that we're at. God, everyone that drives past our house and sees that yard sign, God, let them be compelled to come in, to experience you, to experience your presence. Church, Jesus is asking to be that priority in our life. He's invited us in to his celebration. And he's challenging us that it wouldn't just be for us. Wouldn't just be that we've secured our spot in heaven or now we have a place with Jesus. But it's that we would go out now and invite others and allow others to experience this life change and this life transformation. So church, I wanna pray for you this morning. I'm gonna ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning.
It would be wrong to share a story like this of Jesus inviting people into his kingdom without giving you the opportunity to respond in that way this morning. I just want to ask if there's anyone here and really as you have heard this message, as you heard us walking through this story, you would say, Aaron, I feel like I'm on the outside of God's kingdom. I don't feel like I belong. Maybe I thought church was for really good people or for people that had it all figured out. And this morning you're being reminded that it's not, it's for broken people. It's not because we have it all together, it's because we're desperately in need of a God who will rescue us, who will redeem us, who will invite us into a relationship with him. And if that's you, you don't have a relationship with God in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to get up out of your seat and come forward to the altar. I want to pray with you this morning. The word of God is very clear. We've all sinned. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short of God's plan. We all at one time or another, we've made an excuse why Jesus can't be the priority in our life. We've allowed something else to take his place. And this morning in this room, he's offering his forgiveness. He went to the cross so that we could know once again what it's like to have a relationship with him so that we could come into his party so that we could celebrate with him so that we could belong in his family. And if that's you, is there anyone in the room this morning without anyone looking around and you would say, Aaron, I, I need to make that relationship right. I've walked away from God. And this morning, you know God's speaking to you. If that's you right now, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward to the altar? I want to pray with you. Thank you. Anyone else? God's speaking to you. Don't miss this opportunity. This morning, you've walked away from that relationship and God's inviting you back this morning. church, I'm going to ask if you would pray this with me, whether you're up here, whether you're sitting at your seat, let's all pray this together. Jesus, I come to you. I need you in my life. I'm praying that you would forgive me. Take away all my mistakes. Take away all my sin and make me new. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. I give myself to you. I want to be part of your party. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Church, can we just put our hands together and celebrate? The word of God says that when anyone responds and when anyone comes back into a relationship with him, that all of heaven joins together in a celebration. And so, man, we are so excited for those of you that have prayed this morning and that decision and I'm going to ask the rest of us, while we're just taking a quick moment and praying with them, I'm going to ask if all of us could join together in prayer. And this is what we want to ask that this morning. We've been doing a lot of things over these few weeks to invite people, to ask people to come and to be a part of what God is doing. We're believing for great things this next Sunday with Easter. And so I'm just going to ask that we would take a moment and you would begin to lift up the name of the person. You would pray with me for the name of the person that you gave that basket to. Maybe a family member that you've handed those invite cards to, whoever it is 
that you're gonna give that to or you've already given that to, let's pray that God would begin to open their heart. Let's believe together that they're gonna respond next week as they come, as they accept that invitation. It's not just gonna be able to come into a church, but it's gonna be them accepting the invitation into God's family to be a part of God's kingdom and what he wants to do. So church, if you would just lift up your voice right where you're sitting right now, let's begin to pray together for God to do that this next week. Lord, we come to you. First of all, we, first of all God, we just say thank you for inviting us in. Lord, thank you for your grace over our life, God. We realize we don't belong here, Lord. God, we weren't first invited, Lord, but you've accepted us into your family, Lord. We didn't earn it or deserve it, God, but you've invited us in. Thank you for that, God. And Lord, now we lift up the names of the people, Lord, that we're inviting this week. God, I pray for my neighbor, Lord. God, I pray that you would get a hold of them, Lord. God, bring them in, Lord. I pray, God, for the other people that we're going to be inviting, Lord. You know each and every one of them. You know where they're at, Lord. And we pray that, God, change, transformation, salvation, God. We pray for a brand new start for them, Lord. God, you are the God that makes people and places new, and we believe that, Lord. And so this morning, God, we're praying this week, Lord, that you would begin to prepare their hearts. And as they accept that invitation, Lord, God, change them and transform them. God, fill up this house, Lord. Fill up your kingdom as we go out and compel them to come in. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.